Exodus chapter 25 and, um, and listen to this story because this is a story about the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, verse 17, And thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. Thou shalt make two cherubim of gold, a beaten work shalt thou make them in the two ends of the mercy seat. One cherubim on the one end, the other cherubim on the other, even on the mercy seat, you shall make the cherubim on the two ends thereof. Verse 20 of Exodus 25. The cherubim shall stretch their wings forth on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings. Their faces shall look one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark. In the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there I will meet with thee, and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I have given thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. If you were to ask any Jewish child to describe the mercy seat, they could have done it because it was unique. Remember, the, the, the mercy seat was placed on top of the ark. And in the ark was the law. And in the ark was the, the rod that budded. And in the ark was the, the pot that had manna. And then they, they would take a, a pure gold slab and they would have a gold angel on this end with its wings spread. We're going to see it when we go to the Temple Institute. And a gold angel this way with the wings spread. And then on a yearly basis, the priest would come in and he would take the lamb and he would put the lamb under the wings so that the, the lamb was placed right here. And, and if you were to ask any Jewish child, what is the mercy seat like? You know what they would say? We know. An angel at this end, an angel at this end. And the sacrifice there. Hebrews explains it to us even further. And so, keeping that mercy seat in mind, go with me now to, to the book of John. And what I want to show you is that the, the more you study the scriptures, the, the more you enjoy the Lord. And in John chapter 20, it talks about the first day of the week comes Mary Magdalene early. When it was yet dark unto the sepulchre and sees a stone taken away from the sepulchre. And then she runs and she gets Peter and John. And remember, they're stooping down. The reason I say this is because we can see the proof of an earthquake. Otherwise, the door of the tomb wasn't as big as it is now. And the Bible said that he stooped down and he looked in. Okay? And then it goes on. Look at verse 11. But Mary stood outside of the sepulchre weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down, looked into the sepulchre, and sees two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus laid. Get the picture? A living mercy seat. The sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice in Israel's day was that once a year, the high priest would go in and, and he would, on, on Yom Kippur, he would take the lamb, he would put the lamb there and, and God's holiness would be satisfied by that lamb. And God says, I'll meet you, I'll commune with you there. And so now they come to this and lo and behold, there's an angel at this end of the, and there's an angel here. And what's in the middle? The Lamb of God. John says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. You see, every Jew should have said, oh my goodness, there's, that's the living mercy seat. He fulfilled a beautiful picture, didn't he? And yet, 
how can they miss him? How can we miss him? Because, see, sometimes we might be so busy looking at the angel. We might be so busy looking at the, the rock, the tomb. The important thing was there was a lamb there. And he fulfilled, in a wonderful way, I think, that, that great picture. So that's one of the things I, I want to share with you. The other thing is, um, I call it, Where's the Lamb? And, and um, in Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26, and uh, I want you to notice that when they, and remember, it's just getting ready for the crucifixion. Verse 1, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished all these saints, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. So crucifixion was not a surprise to Jesus. You know, crucifixion started not long before Jesus was crucified, and it ended shortly after he was crucified. How did the Jews normally kill people? Stoned them. But the Bible said how Jesus would die. The Bible foretold it a thousand years before in the book of Psalms. He said that he would be crucified in a rich man's grave. The Bible said that he would be crucified between two thieves. The Bible said how his back would be torn. How crown, All those details, 109 details given. And among those things, it talks about the fact that it would be a lamb. Now, here's what I think is interesting, because he said, do you know that in two days is the Passover? And he said, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. He knew that in two days he was going to be crucified, exactly as it occurred. Now, go back to uh, Genesis, at least in your mind, if not in your Bible, to chapter 3. And do you remember that when, uh, and I call this, where's the lamb? Because in Genesis chapter 3, Remember when Adam and Eve sinned? Verse 20, And Adam called his wife Eve, because she was the mother of all living. For Adam also and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. So if, if, if after the first sin, God decided to clothe Adam and Eve, before then they were naked, they, they weren't ashamed. And so in order to make a, a skin coat, an animal had to give a life. There had to be a sacrifice. And we're not told what it was, but I think it might have been a lamb. And here's why. Because in chapter 4, verse 4, Abel, remember Cain and Abel, they, they brought a sacrifice. And according to, to verse 3, Cain brought the fruit of the field. I think it looked good. He was a farmer. So he brought watermelon. He brought carrots, cucumbers, all these nice things. I bet it looked nice. But Abel... Verse 4, he brought of the first things of his flock and of the fat of it, and the Lord had respect unto Abel to his offering. Abel brought something that had to have a life shed. And that blood shed was the thing that God said would be an atonement. And so I say, where's the lamb? Huh. Not only that, do you know that on the cross when the Lamb of God died, do you remember? The Bible indicates that he had two kinds of coats. One was so good that they said, if we tear it apart, we'll ruin it. So they cast lots. And one soldier was a lucky man, and he got the, the coat. I, I think he must have said, well, if I put this down, one of my buddies is going to steal my coat. So I think he put it on, and I think he finished the job. 
And then the Bible also says, but there will be an undergarment and you'll divide it into four pieces. And the, and the newspaper said, they, they took it. Do you think those Roman soldiers were trying to fulfill the scripture? But they did it exactly. They took one garment, they divided it into four parts. They took another garment, they cast lots. And then the Bible talks about how that when we go to heaven, he's going to clothe us. Now, I don't look so good in a Minnesota shirt. I got an OU one. I was going to wear it out of respect for you, but Minnesota today. In heaven, you're not going to recognize me. I'm going to be dressed in the righteousness of Christ. And you're going to say, oh, my goodness, Linstead is good looking. He's not just an old fat man. He's good looking. Why? I'm going to be dressed in the righteousness of Christ. And so here's Jesus, and he's up there on the cross. I think he's naked. How embarrassing to be crucified, to have your hands nailed, to have your back whipped, to have your, your head a bloody mess. I mean, they beat the thorns into his head. They, they slapped his face. They, they hit him in the face. They did everything they could to humiliate him. And then they strip his clothes. Can you imagine hanging naked? And she has a good point. It was, it was eye level. They, they didn't put your way up on a cross. No, eye level. Because that way you could look by and normally what would happen, people, people would be cursing because people were accusing them. They would put your charge on top of you. Guess what his charge was? Remember what they said? King of the Jews, yeah. He wasn't just king of the Jews, he's the king of kings. And so there he's, he's dying naked. And there's a man wearing his coat. And you know what he says? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I think he's saying, God, there's a man, and he's finishing the, the work of crucifixion. He's, he's the one nailing my hands. He's the one that's going to split over my side. Forgive him. I'm going to dress him in my coat. And I like to think that man got saved. I like to think I'm going to see him in heaven. Where's the lamb? Okay, we're, we're almost done, but I, I, I want to go... Um, Mm, um, Genesis 22. You know the story, but, but you're going to like this. Sometimes I get excited when I think about this. Genesis 22. And, you, and remember, we talked a little bit about the story. Abraham and Isaac. And, and remember, they go, and the Bible says this, and, and, they, and he went to a place, verse 3, he went to the place which God told him. Verse 4, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place. God had a, a special place, turned out to be Mount Moriah. He goes right to a special place. And there, remember, Isaac says, Dad, you're getting old. Because we brought the wood and, and we got the fire. But you forgot the lamb. And, and remember what he says? God will provide himself a lamb. Now, there's two ways to interpret that. I have one guy that I argue with frequently. His name is Paul. You'll meet him later. And he says, God himself will provide the sacrifice. But there's another way to interpret it. It says, God will provide the sacrifice as himself. And so in the thicket, what did Abraham see? Be careful. A ram. A ram is not a lamb. Okay. Wow. You ever wonder about that? See, those are the kind of things that keep me up at night. John 8. Oh, boy. When you see this, you're liable to come right off your chair. So in John chapter 8, the Jews are arguing with Jesus. Verse 52, then said the Jews unto Jesus, now we know that thou hast a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets, and thou sayest, if a man keep my sins, he shall never taste death. 
Are you greater than our father Abraham who's dead and the prophets that are dead? Who maketh thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father hath honored me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I shall say I know him not, I shall be a liar like you. But I know him and keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. You know what? Abraham, think about this. Abraham, it says, believed that if he, if he offered up Isaac, that God would raise him from the dead. Nothing about resurrection before that. Abraham so trusted God, he said, he said, God says, offer your son. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. If I was Abraham, I probably said, I, I think I'll offer Ishmael. Because <laughs> I don't know what to do with him. He's kind of a problem. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's born of the wrong wife. He said, no, take the only son that you have that you love. And then he names him Isaac. <laughs> so, so we know how that story goes. And he's getting ready to do that, obeying God. James says this, he believed God so emphatically that he said, if you said my seed's going to come out of Isaac, it will. And I'll, if I kill him, you'll take him and bring him alive from the dead. Wow, that's faith. And, and God says, whoa, Abraham, stop. And so he looks and he sees a ram. And Abraham knows that's a ram, not a lamb. And Jesus said, because Abraham saw the ram and said, you know what, someday God is going to provide a lamb yes. to take away the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. And John says, what did he say when he saw Jesus? Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Where's the lamb? Every time you find the lamb in the story, you find the punchline. Now, Two more. Oh, I got eight more. It's just two more, and then I'm done. I promise. What you have to Yeah, Revelation chapter four and five. See, I need you to help me figure this out because this is a riddle. Revelation chapter five. This is the first scene in heaven, and one of the elders said unto me, verse five, "Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah." I wonder who that is. Remember, they looked in heaven. No one was worthy to open the scroll. And then all of a sudden, he said, "Wait a minute." Rejoice, because there's one. He's called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Root of David. He hath prevailed to open the scroll, to loose its seven seals. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures. By the way, Jesus is always in the midst. He's in the midst of those that are believers. He's in the midst on the cross. He's going to be in the midst in Revelation 5 in heaven. You'll always be able to find Jesus. He'll be in the middle. And guess what? I'm going to be right by him. Amen. So you'll be able to find me right with Jesus. Amen. Okay. Now look at this. In the, in, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been crucified, having seven horns and seven eyes and so on. Like that. Here's a lamb that was slaughtered, crucified, and now it's alive, resurrected. Who do you think the lamb is? Got to be Jesus. And you go to Revelation 17 and there's a lamb and it defeats the dragon, the dragon, the Bible says it's the devil. Who's going, to beat, who's going to beat the devil? It's the lamb. Go to Revelation 21 and 22. It says the city doesn't even need a light. It's got the lamb. It doesn't need a temple. It's got the lamb. You see, the key to the whole Bible is where's the lamb? And it began with the sacrifice. It came to this place, and he was the lamb that was put on the living mercy seat and he'll be the lamb that goes all the way through the book of Revelation. We just saw where the lamb laid, but not for long. Three days. Death couldn't hold him. That's how powerful he is.